from the hip. Hey everyone, welcome back to From the Hip. We are now in season three, episode one, and we're going to take things a little different uh, this season. I'm here with Robert Walker and with John Bright, both of whom have been on the podcast before. Uh, Guys, what's going on? How you doing? Doing well. Not much going on right now. Same. Doing fine. Good. All right. So, uh, like I said, this is From the Hip, where we have unscripted conversations from a biblical worldview. Don't want to forget that part. And here's how season three and beyond uh, is going to work. So, uh, each of us are coming to the podcast with a topic of conversation. Uh, We don't know um, each other's topic of conversation. So when I ask my question or present my topic, uh, Robert and John have no idea what I'm going to talk about. And so they are going to be responding and reacting from the hip. Uh, And then likewise uh, for them, although Robert did give us a hint last week. So we somewhat know what's coming from him, but uh, maybe not in the detail that would give us uh, a real heads up. So uh, before we get into that, though, um, a lot has changed in the world and in our lives since, uh, since from the hip recorded last. I think the last time we recorded was back in November, I believe. Um, and we were talking about Kanye West's uh, gospel album. Um, so that's, you know, th- as fast as the world changes nowadays, that seems like a lifetime ago. But uh, so, yeah, Chick-fil-A. So tell me, guys, uh, John, we'll start with you. What was, uh, what was the quarantine like for you uh, with your family? Did you pick up any new hobbies? Wh- what did you do uh, during quarantine? On some video editing stuff. Um, obviously, that was for for crew. We wanted to keep doing um, our lessons that way. So I was able to purchase a video editor and learn some things about that. Decided that I do not like that at all. Um, I'm not very good at it. Um, other than that, nothing much changed um, outside of work here at church. I'm a stay-at-home dad, so I, you know, stayed at home and was a dad. That was it. <laughs> All right, Robert, what'd you get into? Uh, it was really weird. I guess mostly just um, I'm in school, so I did some stuff for school, obviously, because that didn't stop. Just was all online. Um, listen to a lot of audiobooks. I like fantasy audiobooks, so listen to audiobooks. Um, it was good to hang out with Esther and Abigail too. So, yeah, nothing crazy. Can't really do too much crazy when you're quote-unquote locked in your house yeah what was the best book you listened to i almost said read but listened to this is actually a re-listen i've I've read this book before but it was the shadow rising which is one of my favorite books of all time so i've never heard of it it's from the wheel of time book series i'm sure it's wonderful (laughs) (laughs) so i did a lot of jigsaw puzzles yeah uh how cool are you? 
<laughs> well, I think Robert's winning this one so much. <laughs> that says a lot when a guy who's listening to fantasy novels <laughs> is winning the cool contest among the three of us. Oh, my. Uh, no, I um, did a lot of jigsaw puzzles, which I enjoy a lot. Uh, and so, yeah, it was, but it was, it was actually um, as difficult as it was. There were challenges, obviously, of you know, not being able to go to the grocery all the time or when you could go, they're being missing out on, on produce and bread and meat and milk and all the stuff that, that uh, our family goes through a lot. That was tricky. But all in all, uh, and, and I know this isn't everybody's um, experience, so I wanted to be, want to be sensitive to that, but we really kind of had a sweet time as a family, you know, got to spend some extra time together and uh, was working from home. John, I feel you with the becoming a video editor and messing around with, with recording. I'm I'm now I'm now a YouTube star, right? We're YouTube stars with with upwards of ten or eleven subscribers. I mean, it's it's incredible. And uh, but those things were difficult. But yeah, it was kind of a sweet time just being able to. Uh, life slowed down quite a bit and got to spend time with family um, and do that. So. All right. Well, uh, should we jump into these questions? Yeah, why not? I think mine and Robert's are going to be close to the same. So. Okay. So mine's a little more lighthearted. So I'll I'll go first, and then we'll just kind of we'll kind of ramp it up. But um, so you've heard the word adulting, yeah? You know, somebody will do something that adults do, and they'll say, "Look at me adulting," because they, you know, paid their electric bill or something like that, or or you know. I don't know, drop their kids off at school. Did their laundry. <laughs> Did their laundry. Look at me, I'm adulting, you know. Uh, went to bed at 9.30. Clarify, they wash their laundry and then let it sit for, <laughs> yeah. for two weeks. Fair enough. So you guys know I'm a UK fan, Kentucky. And so I keep my ear to the ground with, with what's going on uh, with the University of Kentucky. And UK is offering a course in the fall called adulting 101 so the purpose of this course is let me read the description this eight-week online course helps teenagers develop valuable life skills taught by professors and community educators from the University of Kentucky students will apply their learning with real-world interactive assignments and ongoing projects so just to give you an idea of what this includes let me give you some of the units that are going to be included in Adulting 101. So one is called um, Get Your Mind Right. Take control of mental and physical health with exercise and mindful coping skills. Uh, do Monday or Do Monday. So Do Monday, D-U-E, Monday, or Do Monday. So the, the idea is if it's Do Monday, do it Monday. <laughs> Uh, effective study and time management skills. That's what that's about. They ain't your mama. <laughs> Roommate etiquette and household maintenance. There you go, Robert. Laundry, cleaning, etc. I wouldn't post that. <laughs> Managing personal safety in online and public spaces. <laughs> this wasn't Babylon B, was it? No, this is for real. This is not the Babylon B. Um, Need experience to gain experience? How young adults develop a resume and job search skills with little work experience. I actually 
appreciate that one a lot. I think everybody's there at some point in their life. Um, beyond ramen, basics of nutrition. There's nothing wrong with ramen. <laughs> <laughs> but do you eat only ramen? I mean, no. Spice it up a little bit. <laughs> All right. Anyway, basics of nutrition and cooking with pantry staples. No such thing as free money. Budgeting and money management for young adults. That's a really good one. Yeah. And then destination degree, college application process, scholarships, and major selection. Uh, so what do you guys think? What's your knee-jerk reaction to some of these units? And uh, what what do you think about this course? Is this a, re a required course, like for incoming freshmen? I don't gather that it's a required course because – how much does a college course typically cost? Depends on the college. So, a thousand dollars, twelve hundred dollars—is that? For credit, maybe. Yeah. It depends on how many credit hours. Okay. Well, we'll just go with that. It's a lot. Well, I think we can agree with it's expensive. This class is only for the entire class eight weeks is only thirty dollars. So maybe that means it is required, and they want to make it accessible to every to every student for for. Uh, just a fraction of the cost. Um, so, I, but I don't know. I don't know if it's it's required or not. This may sound mean, or maybe it's just like pessimist in me. But it should, it's like the class should be called Adulting 101. What your parents failed to teach you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and that was my first reaction. Like, shouldn't parents <laughs> have have done these things? But I started to to lay off the gas a little bit with that thought. Because, and I'm just trying to give families the benefit of the doubt, when you think of our, our culture today, and you often have, you know, two-income families where both parents are working, um, and, uh, or you have single-parent homes uh, for, for a myriad of reasons why you would have a single-parent home, um, or uh, those that, that struggle with, with these issues that don't know how to do these issues themselves because they weren't taught, and, and it's difficult to teach. So... Uh, that, you know, there's the one question of, well, shouldn't have parents taught their, their own children these things? Um, and, but, but I don't know. I mean, what do you think? How, is there, is there a grace that we should extend for students, high school students who don't know how to do these things? Yeah. So my thought was this should be a high school class because. I mean, I think everything they talked about is important, and obviously parents should be teaching it, but if they don't, it's a life skill you need. So yeah. I don't have an issue with the class being there. I think it's a great idea. I do think that John's suggestion for the title would be humorous. Um, <laughs> Ulti <laughs> adulting 101 or what your parents well, should what have your taught parents you. Forgot you. Um, just like budgeting. Like yeah. I talked to so many in college and even after college friends who just had no idea how to budget and took them years to figure that out and once they figured it out it was like oh this changes everything i'm actually able to save money and save for the future it's like well yes <laughs> so you don't have to spend all the money you make as soon as you make it did you have something to add john well i think the reason why i'm more pessimistic about it i'm i'm on board for like what robert said about like the financial stuff but i i see some of these basic like life skills and i see them most at fault in the parents and the kids that actually grew up with like in the middle class or above i feel like they're less 
resourceful and flexible and don't know how to think on their mm. own because they've just been uh, coddled yeah. for as like a, you know, that's the nicest word I could come up with right yeah. now. But then you see the parents who maybe grow up with both parents having to work or in a single family and they are more resourceful. They're more mm. like ready for the real world. So maybe they don't need this class as much aside from like that financial, um, like budgeting and stuff like that, how to do your taxes. That's, I think that's, generic across the board that that's not being taught in school in school so and i i hear stories that you tell john about your childhood and you know growing up in the philippines i mean you you seem to have lived a, a pretty independent life uh as a as a boy like you had a lot of and this isn't a dig at your parents yeah. but that was just kind of the culture if i'm understanding right you just had a lot of freedom to go and do during the day whatever you you needed or wanted to do am i right about that yeah yeah so Growing up, like where we did, it was pretty remote. Um, it was, you know, a pretty much a tropical rainforest paradise for me. So I had homeschool in the morning. I had to make sure I had all that done. But then after that, I was responsible to be home for lunch and then be home before the sun went down. Um, and as long as my parents knew my general area, um, they were fine with that. And, and I mean, I got in some pretty scary situations where I needed to be resourceful and I needed to work things out. And then in high school, I was in boarding school, so I needed to also kind of learn how to do things for my own we had an allowance okay. that was given to us and i had you know i had that money that i could spend and that was it so it kind of helped budgeting i'm still not the best budgeter i'll admit yeah. that but but i started in high school you had you had a different experience too robert growing up on the mission field uh what what was that like for you did were you what what level of uh of freedom and and ability to be resourceful as john describes it did would you say you had yeah so i wasn't in a i was in an urban context so we didn't have as many interesting situations i guess as probably john did um but we definitely had the sense of like once school was done i could go out with my friends and we could go out to lunch we could go wherever we wanted in town and we just had to be back by a certain time um, there was a lot of responsibility there it was yes you can do these things but we expect these things from you um, which I think is kind of at the core of the adulting issue is kids have never been given responsibility and expected to meet the standards they've been given and then all of a sudden we're in the real world and there's no one there to coddle us or hold our hand yeah yeah good good point good point not allowed to fail uh i i love the way brooke was raised i mean my wife brooke was was raised in a house where her and her sisters took turns making dinner uh together or for the family and they each had their responsibilities of cleaning the house um every day and and uh, their mom, of course, would, would do these things too, but there was just a rotation. You know, they would each have a turn making dinner. Um, they were in a single-income family. Her dad was a hard, hard worker and uh, was was out every day working, and uh, it was it was a very old-fashioned setup. The uh, Brooks' mom and, and her and her sisters were responsible for taking care of the home and having dinner ready when, uh, when they got home. And as a result, uh, I mean, Brooke is really good at cooking. She's really good at budgeting she teaches these things to our sons uh i mean the boys made lunch and dessert for me for father's day on sunday and they did it entirely themselves brooke was was available to help with you know uh the amounts and stuff and and especially like joshua had to double a recipe and so 
you know you have to double fractions which can be difficult for a for a seven-year-old um or adults. <laughs> or adults, yeah. Add yeah. that to the adulting course. Doubling fractions. <laughs> Doubling recipes. Uh, but they did it all themselves. Uh, and so, the, I, you know, I found that very, very impressive. And, and uh, it, was, it was a great day. But um, so that brings the question in, because you guys mentioned that this should be a high school course. At what age do kids need to start learning these things, do you think? Like what aspect of that is kind of the important thing? I don't know if I, if if I'm not giving my eight-year-old an allowance, um, I don't think I need to show her how to budget, other other than modeling it in our own life. Like, Dad, can I buy this? Or like, no, we don't. It's not in our budget for this month or something yeah. like that. Um, so I think there's tiers to to what you can teach in each of those categories, and I, you know, budget is the one that comes up to the top of my mind. But no. I think you start as young as, as they're able, and you just keep it age appropriate. Esther helps us cook dinner almost every night, which help is a very generous term to use. I mean, she is helpful. She'll yeah. we'll give her half a tomato, and she'll take a butter knife, and she'll mash it up while we're cutting up the tomatoes and doing other things, and then we'll pour it in. But we're teaching her that she's part of the family, and she contributes to what we do. We keep it age appropriate, though. We obviously don't have her with a massive knife. Yeah, exactly. Let them fail, Robert. <laughs> Let them fail. She has <laughs> ten <laughs> fingers. If she loses one, what's the big deal, guys? So, what are the what are the most important things on this list? Uh, I mean, we've gone back to budgeting a lot. Um, we've talked about we've talked about cooking. That seems to be one that we we go back to. But I think the do Monday or do Monday. I mean. Uh, effective study there's going to be seasons in your life where you're studying and where you're not studying but time management is going to be a need until uh until we're gone from this earth but um so what are the most important things on that list that you guys think are should be taught so i actually i'm not necessarily sure that i would like the approach they're going to take at university of kentucky but i thought the mental health one was a really good thing um, just thinking through that a lot of times kids don't know how to, just kids, little kids, we don't teach them how to process their emotions healthily, mm -hmm. and then they internalize it. And then that leads to issues. Um, so I think that's something, especially if it started earlier, that parents could be pro very proactive is teaching their kids emotions aren't bad, but you have to learn to uh, manage them is the right word, yeah. in a healthy manner. I like the, um, I wouldn't post that. Because um, <laughs> I think, I mean, these conversations that, like, people have on social media, like, they're just ridiculous. Because they would never talk like that to someone, like, face-to-face. -face. And I would, I don't know, other than just, like, not letting your kids have social media, how you would say, look, the way you talk to someone in person is the how, how you're going to address this online. Because there, there's still people online, even though... You know, you're just saying this so that you can feel better about yourself, but that's not what a conversation is about, and that's not what, you know, expressing your opinion is about. You're not supposed to express your opinions or your views or your thoughts just so that you can feel better about yourself. Right. Um, or to make someone else feel worse about themselves. Yeah. So. All right. Well, any last thoughts about Adulting 101 at the University of Kentucky? Are you guys going to enroll in this class? 
It's not in my budget. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I will say that the They Ain't Your Mama one had a roommate <laughs> who will remain nameless that could have benefited from this from that yeah. class. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fellas. Uh Robert, we'll we'll let you go next, and I gotta confess, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> but go ahead. What's your topic slash question? Uh, so I think that most everyone who has any sort of internet access is aware of some of the racial tension in our country right now. This isn't new, but right now we're having some. I don't know that flare ups are the right word, but flare-ups um so my first question was just as we've been watching this unfold with the peaceful protests the not peaceful protests um just everything going on all not, not just on social media but just across the board what have you guys been thinking through what have you been processing in terms of what the bible has to say about this cultural moment i guess is that does that make sense yeah, that does make sense. Um, my thoughts have been all over the place. Uh, it's it's really hard for me to think rightly and soberly as uh, th- that's not a right way to describe it. It's it's hard to know that I'm thinking rightly about these things because. I'm a middle-class white male, and and so I, I can't relate to any of the any of the experiences uh, of my black brothers and sisters um, and what they're going through. And so uh, I've I've dealt with just like apprehension, like I don't want to speak up for fear of of thinking or saying the wrong thing. To uh, you know, no, I. This, this is an injustice against against other people and against other image bearers of God. I, you know, regardless of of me being able to relate to their experience, I I need to speak up because there's it's clearly a sinful issue, and and Scripture is clear about it. Even if I can't relate to it, Scripture relates to it and is clear about it. So I need to speak up. But then I just toggle between the two thoughts. Um, and so I've I've just done a lot of contemplating. I've I've reached out to um, some some black friends that I know and have have had uh, a few brief conversations with them. In fact, I have um, plans this Thursday to have a more lengthy conversation with a friend of mine. Um, and just I'm I struggle to understand, and I'm trying to understand better. And uh, so that's not a clear. That's not a really a coherent answer. But but that's that's where where I am with the whole thing yeah um I think I'm in the same boat as as Adam as I'm trying to kind of I guess walk a mile in in my my black brothers and sisters shoes it's 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 hard for me to do that because I I mean I it's hard for me to walk a mile in my white brothers and sisters shoes like I didn't grow up in this country but you know I, I was born here I grew up in the Philippines so I I can I kind of call myself like a social chameleon. I can fit in anywhere, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean I um, know exactly what's going on in the underpinnings of that of that that exact culture. Um, 
which kind of brings into my to this conversation like my topic that I wanted to talk about about is is silence violence you know you've, you've seen people say that your silence is violence and I've struggled with that because um, I see a lot of virtual virtue signaling as well on top of that like if you don't post something on Facebook then you know you don't really care which I've been like that's hit me a little bit I've a couple times I've tried to write something and then just ended up deleting it because I'm like I could be saying the wrong things I could not be helping at all with my words so then the question comes back well if I do genuinely care what do I do and if I don't think I can correctly voice my concerns or voicings is that in fact violence um, I came to the conclusion that it's not because my actions still reflect um, that I that I do care and my actions are you know what people can't see so in, in a sense there's still violence there's still or silence they're they're done in the dark and those actions are you know I teach my kids like you know this is going on it's not right um, people are looked down upon because of the color of their skin that's not right so so my silence outwardly to the world doesn't mean that I'm I'm quiet in my home or that I don't speak out um, about things and tell my kids that this is not right this is not what what God teaches us to be you know God loves everyone God everyone's made in God's image those are the important things those are the most important things to be teaching our kids like we want them to grow up and not think that they have to choose a side and then the other side is 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 evil and the, the one side is good because I don't think I think there's there's a lot to say in there but yeah I really appreciated you pointing out that you know the whole silence is violence phrase and you know if you're not speaking up against these things on social media then you're not you're not you're not doing anything and and i would argue and not to say that any use of social media to speak against these things i mean i've seen some very wise words come from social media and and people that i know and trust and uh however i don't think anybody's obligated ever to put something on on social media it is a platform that can be used to encourage and instruct and and it can be used for good things, but I, I think I'm I'm a staunch uh, advocate of person-to-person conversations, and um, you know, letting letting your life speak uh, over what you see on Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is. Uh, and so, yeah, I've I don't know that I've said a single word about this issue on any of my and I don't have a lot I think I have Facebook and Twitter I don't have any other social media things but I don't I don't think I've said a single word I've shared some posts that I thought were very well written here and there but none of the things that I've shared have been my original Um, but that doesn't mean that I don't care or that I'm apathetic or that I'm not trying to 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 do something Um, it just means that I would rather have a a one-to-one person-to-person conversation about it instead of um, not to say that it's always wrong to do that but that's just kind of my my take yeah so I I think I have agreed pretty much with everything both of you said Um, I think your question John about the silence is violence question is really good Um, I think I more or less agree in that it's less important about it's less about social media it's more about what we do in our homes and in our churches um, what we teach our children um, and then how we, as the church, come together in situations like this. Um, your que- when you talked about t- talking to your kids, that was actually my second question was, how have you guys thought through 
because, I mean, youth pastor, middle school pastor, pastor, children's pastor, how have you thought through talking about these things with your kids? Um, have you done that yet? Is that a later conversation? Um, well, first your kids at home, but then I guess even your students as well. I was initially thinking your kids at home, but yeah. You know, I mean, we've done much of the things that, that John described, um, just talking to our our kids about it. Um, you know, we, we ask our kids to pray for um, the meals, you know, before every meal. And, and we, we try to get them to think outside of just praying for, dear God, thank you for this food, amen. Uh, but, but really thinking about what's going on and who is, who is in need of prayer and, and praying specifically for things. And uh, it's, been, it's been a little funny because 90% of what they pray for over these last three months or so has been the coronavirus. Uh, you know, God, let it stop. If anybody's sick, let them get better soon. If anybody's not sick, let them not get sick. It's just, it's, th- their minds are consumed with, with the coronavirus. And that, over these last several weeks, that's kind of taken a back seat as these, these uh, instances of racial injustice have, have hit the headlines. That's kind of taken a back seat. And, uh, you know, we've, we've tried to take time to, you know, this is what's, going on in our world and and this is uh this is how people are treating people of color just because they have a different color skin than we do and and uh, not everybody's uh treating uh treating people poorly but you know a lot of people are and it's it's wrong and it makes god sad and we're trying to explain these things in um in in terms that they can relate to it and, and understand it the best that they can uh and so encouraging them to to be aware of it encouraging them to pray and uh, just trying to um, point out to them that we are all in God's image we are all made in God's image and uh, it's it's been difficult but that's that's kind of where we are with it yeah I'd, I'd say it's pretty similar with me having younger kids Lily, Lily our oldest is eight um there's no specifics that I'm going to go into detail with her of, of what happened. Um, um, you know, like I could barely even sit through the video of, of George Floyd. So it's it's not something that I'm going to like, hey, look at this. This is this is wrong. It's not something I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it comes up like I try to let it come up organically. And when we're, you know, now that we're able to go out to the stores or anything like that, or when we see families that look different or something like that, conversations happen because kids are innocent they don't know chloe the other day um was talking to a friend of mine's um, brother who is adopted he's black his older brother's white um and she kind of didn't understand what was going on so she's like well so your 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 mom must not have loved you then and then she gave you away and and then like after like that conversation happened and i told chloe that this is you know this is the situation this is how he feels like chloe being the person she is like just broke down in tears and was like i said that she uh, she apologized but it's it's conversations that need to happen because she doesn't she doesn't understand and and sometimes it takes you know those embarrassing mistakes by them to kind of understand how people can feel singled out and feel different because if you know if that kid you know goes up and grows up thinking oh my my mom didn't love me like that's on the people around him who who told him that consistently and for him to kind of develop that thought rather than focus on oh you know the those who adopted me actually really do love me you know um 
and not that his the mom that gave him away didn't love him. It was it may have been in you know the best of interest of both of them. So, like, these conversations like have to come up organically. So, so sometimes you know it takes a while. Like maybe not till Lily's a teenager or in middle school or you know when they're in crew, um, where they can kind of see more what's going on in the world and understand it. So it's not something I'm just gonna be like, hey, guess what happened today? You know, so this guy was was murdered or something like that. It's so. It's about being wise about your timing and not just because that then that kind of becomes all that they think about like this person being this who's looking at this person weird when we're walking around so and I don't want them to because then eventually they're going to be the person that's looking weird at everyone like right so yeah I uh you know as as someone who really enjoys sports and someone who uh, enjoys hip hop um. Uh, you know, there's there's many hip hop artists and many athletes that are are black hip hop artists and black athletes, and and so and they'll be at the top of my list. You know, um, uh, this this person's my favorite person to watch play basketball. This person is my is one of my favorite hip hop artists, and uh, you know something that I've I've tried just these last couple weeks to point out to my sons is. Uh, so you guys know who Shylin is, Robert. You're not as uh, into the hip hop scene, but uh, but you nodded your head, so you've you've heard of him at least. I think like fantasy novels for. <laughs> <laughs> insane. But uh, but Shylin, I mean, in my opinion, is among the top of of Christian hip hop artists. But uh, I saw a video of him that that his wife actually posted of him of him leading devotion, uh, with his, with his children. And, uh, I mean, it was just, it was so cool. And he had his, he had his, uh, children at the table and he had his Bible open and he was reading a, a passage of scripture to them. And then he would ask them questions and, and he would, you know, he would really affirm what they were saying or he would affirm, but he would just make little tweaks and correct, uh, or he would just say, yeah, that's not really what this passage is saying. This is what, what's going on. And it was just such an encouraging thing. Uh, and and I, I showed it to my boys. Boys, look at this clip. Look at this man. He's leading his family and, and teaching them to, to love uh, God's word and teaching them to love God. And, and I, I fear that just because I love hip hop and because I love sports that, you know, often I will, I will enjoy um, – these these artists and these athletes uh only for their ability to rap or only for their ability to play basketball well when when i think it's a much healthier thing uh to to say look at this man leading his family and and look at his love that he has for the lord and for god's word and and he's teaching that to his children and um uh, i wouldn't want to be reduced to just you know, someone who can do a jigsaw puzzle well. That was a terrible example, but <laughs> I'm the jigsaw man. <laughs> uh, can you do it well though? Uh, like, how long does it take? <laughs> that's a fair question. How many pieces are we talking? Like a hundred? Yeah. How do you gauge if someone's Five. good at doing a jigsaw puzzle? I once got a three-piece puzzle for Christmas. Uh, yeah. Two hours. <laughs> it, it took forever. So, anyway, uh, yeah. So that's my that's my thoughts. I, I just it's just a tough it's just a tough situation and and um I really want to I really want to understand and to teach 
uh, my children, what the issues are, but, uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, any other final thoughts, guys, about any of our um, discussion points before we wrap it up? Nope. Nope. <laughs> All right. Well, you know how we got to end it, right? We got to let out our from the hip battle cry. Um, so we got to be real loud with it and make other people in the office wonder what we're doing. Um, <laughs> well okay then all right so on the count of three we'll give it a nice hearty from the hip and we will sign off are you ready one two three from the hip